Hi, I'm Kevin Walder, your host with the Oracle Scroll. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Oracle Scroll. This one I've entitled, Are Spiritual People Permitted to Be Political? This is a question that I've wrestled with myself recently and for some time. Is it possible for us to live our truth and still have and express political opinions? I was recently called out for expressing an opinion that didn't happen to agree with one of my listeners and one of my subscribers, and they accused me of being closed-minded and uh, not very spiritual, if that's the way you feel. So that's kind of an interesting take. Uh, I think we can disagree on a lot of things, but when it comes to morality, I'm not so sure we can disagree in that department. Those who know me personally know that I have <laughs> some very real political opinions, especially of late, and I'm usually not afraid to share them in the appropriate setting, of course. And that goes for social media. I try not to express uh, my outrage on someone else's post. I'll save that for my own page. Being of a certain age, eh, we won't go into how much that is, and having grown up during the civil rights movement of the 60s, I, like many other baby boomers, assumed we had achieved a level of equality in this country that we'd been searching for for lifetimes. We mistakenly assumed that those tough battles had already been fought and won. And then we had to discover that we were very wrong. Some will tell us to shine the light of love into the darkness of this modern world. And that's not necessarily bad advice, but does it really accomplish anything in the fight to halt the progress of repression, bigotry, division? How do we go about honoring both sides of this argument? Is it the same energy to call out hateful speech and bigotry as it is to spread that division in the first place? Are those two related in any way? I've spoken before about my own diverse family and how the policies and implied threats of some politicians could affect my family and myself. So you can be assured that it is often a struggle to remain civil when you're being told that your child, your grandchild, or even your spouse don't deserve any opportunities in this society. And those are some things that most people take for granted. It finally dawned on me that all the anger and outrage that we are aiming at some of our very loud political leaders could be a little bit misplaced. They may not be the only messenger who holds the mirror and confirms just how vile we are as a society, how vile we have chosen to stay all these decades. We have demonstrated clearly that we have actively refrained from learning anything in the last 50 years. 
we've put up a wall all around us and decided we don't need to learn. I'm not saying that the politicians should get a free pass and not be held accountable, but remember, (laughs) they're only there because someone supported them. Someone decided to vote for them. And whether it was being supported or just being complacent, they managed to win the vote of millions of our fellow citizens. So if we refuse to get involved, we refuse to vote, we don't want to participate in our own life and happiness, then we are inactively supporting the oppressors. What would have happened if those forebearers who came to this country with very little, like the people in my ancestry, not speaking the language as clearly as some would have appreciated, and what if they'd approached our border and been unceremoniously sent back to Europe? Well, in a particular case that I'm reminded of, it would have been financially disastrous because every penny that was available from their family, their friends, everyone around them that could help had been invested in just getting here. They would never have been afforded the opportunity to serve in this country's military and maybe even earn their citizenship. They would never have been in a position to help so many of their neighbors during challenging times. They would not have earned the respect and affection of many of their neighbors. Now, their descendants have decided that the appearance of affluence is more important than their fellow citizens. And they've aligned themselves with the hateful seeking to deprive others of their constitutional rights. What about the immigrant who came here as a refugee, seeking asylum? If this ancestor had been immediately deported back to their country of origin, they would have not even survived. There were multiple warrants out for their arrest on charges of sedition. They disagreed with their government. The question we all have to ask ourselves and be brutally honest in our assessment is, is our current attitude toward this situation displaying our depth of compassion or is it showing everyone our depth of complacency? Complacency has brought us to this point in our history. When nearly half of all eligible voters abdicate and allow their much more vocal neighbors to speak for them, then we're just going to get more of the same over and over again. When another percentage of voters cast protest votes, because those are votes, really, they're just more votes for the oppressor. We are no longer faced with simple choices about fiscal responsibility and who shall be our most favored trading partners. We have members of our communities being threatened with imprisonment. When you witness your neighbors or your family members being threatened with physical violence and incarceration for simply being, then Mustering up your compassion becomes even more challenging. 
Whether you realize it or not, your life as you know it is threatened. If you are any shade other than creamy white, or if you wish in and worship in any way that doesn't involve a cross, if you find yourself attracted to or in love with a person of your same gender, all of these things are reasons for you to be threatened. When our leaders are busily paving the way to undo decades of social and political progress, while the general public obsesses over the latest inflammatory remarks, yeah, that's why we're where we are. As I see it, it is my social responsibility to speak up when I see something which seems so very wrong. I would be betraying my spiritual calling if I simply turn the other way and ignore when my family, my friends, my neighbors, whom I may not know, are threatened by evil forces seeking to control all of us. Our Constitution is designed to control such abuses of power, but even that is in danger. If we continue to allow these power brokers to dissolve our respected institutions, I'm going to continue to call them out when they are being ridiculous, and I think it behooves us all to keep them accountable. I will vote as I have voted for decades because I can, because I can, and I see it as a primary responsibility of every citizen. Everyone needs to participate. Have a voice. Please make certain that you are registered and you're prepared to cast your vote. Many of our local races uh, for local offices, even school boards, have proven time and time again that even just a single vote can turn the tide and can make a huge difference. So... After all that, the answer to your question is this. As a spiritual person, we are not only permitted to have political opinions, it's our duty to continue to speak up for those less able to speak, those less able to represent for themselves. We no longer have the privilege of just sitting out an election or casting a protest vote for a fringe candidate or simply abdicating our responsibility to preserve the peace. This is a time when action is required. So in wrapping up, I would venture to say that, yes, there are times we're going to disagree, and that's okay. Because having those opinions are what will help us find our way through these very difficult times. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye.